Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to episode six of the Podcast. This is the first one of the new year, so happy new year to everybody. Shout out everybody. Um, this podcast is going to be entitled, What You Fighting For? So, what you fighting for? As you may or may not know, quite, um, well, I'm not, let me not say quite a lot, but there, de- there definitely has been a rise in a socially conscious mind amongst university camp, well, millennials and some of the older age groups and they're kind of trickling down to some of the younger age groups whether it be Black Lives Matter, whether it be feminism, men's rights, xenophobia, all types of issues. Um, yeah, all types of issues, which is obviously which is obviously a good thing. But I want to pose a question, what are you fighting for? What I'm going to talk about is kind of like a quick freestyle because I've had this discussion on numerous occasions with those close to me and I've probably tweeted about it a few times, but not really paying attention because, like... <laughs> That's how that's how life is, unfortunately. But yeah, what are you fighting for? Well, I look at things differently. I don't take anything on face value. I challenge everything. Well, most things, most of the time, I, I try to challenge everything I see. And I try to think a step further. So if somebody shows me X, I think, what is the context of X? Why is Y is X? Etc. So let me give you an example. If somebody supports, I don't know, Manchester United... You find out why they support. They can support it for a variety of reasons. They can support Man United because that's the best team in the 90s, late 90s and early noughties. Is it noughties they call it? They can support it because they live in Manchester. They can support it because they saw David Beckham on TV or the younger generation, maybe Ronaldo or Rooney or Pogba for the super-duper young generation. Or maybe they just follow them because everybody else is following them in the best team. Like With everything, there could be a variety of reasons. So I always find context so, so important. So when I think, what are people fighting for? It's so important because what you are fighting for determines whether your actions that you take in your fight are efficient and effective. So let me break it down. So let me start from the beginning. A lot of movements we may see, in fact, a lot of things in life, human beings kind of operate in a tribalistic manner. So I already used the example of football. Football fans or probably the biggest um, offenders of acting in a tribalistic manner. So, for example, on a Sunday or Saturday 3pm kickoff, you can get 40,000 fans all shouting abuse at a footballer. However, if you take one of the fans on an individual basis, they will not randomly shout abuse to a stranger on the street. Human beings naturally tend to avoid conflict. 
But when human beings are on a pack, they act completely differently. You could also see tribalism in religions. And now we've seen tribalism in movements, such as, let's say, feminism, Black Lives Matter, men's rights. If you're a um, conservative or a liberal or the political economic spectrum. So I believe quite a lot of these movements have taken a tribalistic nature, which is, you know, which is natural. And what a lot of people seem to complain about is, oh, you can't judge us on what X did. On Fortune Newsflash, movements are the people, not their ideology. I'm pretty certain in almost all these movements that I've named, feminism, a religion, uh, men's rights, Black Lives Matter, whatever, the ideology behind it is probably nine times out of ten noble, pure, and for the betterment of society. However, ideologies can't speak, ideologies can't march, ideologies can't implement legislation. People do. So the people will always represent the movement. So if you have leading figures from X movement behaving in a Y manner, the people who are not inside that movement, the outside looking in, will view X movement in a Y manner because that's what they've been, that's what they've seen. Perception is reality for quite a lot of us human beings in, in all aspects of life. So that's something for us to remember. Now, let me explain what I believe happens in quite a lot of cases and why I believe you have to ask yourself what you're fighting for. So if I take, let's say, I don't know, let's take, okay, let me take something that's a bit closer to home for some of the demographic of my listeners. Let's say, okay, let's say you're uh, somebody who's like fighting for the betterment of black people. And you have this opinion, however accurate or inaccurate it may be, that let's say, for example, um, black people don't support one another enough in life. This is your statement. And let's say you've projected this statement into the public eye, so let's say you're on your social media. This tends, this, this sequence of events tends to happen a lot. You've projected this statement, and this is generalisation, because black people as a whole is quite broad. In fact, the term black even causes some, <laughs> some debate is it, if it's an accurate term, is it a made-up term? But I'm going to go into that. But black people, we tend to have associated with the black skin colour. That could be African-Americans in North America. It could be um, the Caribbeans in Central America. It could be black Southern Americans. It could be black Africans, which are different from region. You've got your West Africans, like the Nigerians. You, you've got your Central Africans, I think Congo, Central Africa. You've got your Eastern Africans, like... Um, Ethiopia, then you've got your Southern Africans like Zimbabwe. Then you've got your European Africans, the ones that live in London, Paris, etc. Then are Aborigines black? Okay, let me just cut that out. But yeah, there's a variety, there's a multitude of black people across the globe. So anybody with a social uh, with a social media account and Wi-Fi or internet connectivity on their uh, on their mobile device or whatever tablet they're using can view those tweets. And it technically is applicable to them. So if I don't know, Jerry sees that and is like, what are you talking about? That's crazy because Jerry's thinking, me and my family are always supportive of black people. So they are automatically on the defensive because what they perceive you said was an attack. Then you say, oh, see, people like you just don't understand our plight or our fight. And then Jerry's thinking, are you an idiot? And in this whole like sequence of conversation, well, I use the term conversation very loosely, what has been achieved? 
There's no transfer of information. Nobody has learned from each other. Nobody has become friends or anything. All that's happened is there's been more... Each party thinks a lot less about the other party. Okay, let me try and make it a bit more specific. Okay, for example, this is something that many of you may or may not have seen on your social media. Let's say, for example, uh, a woman who happens to be black says, oh, black men don't like us. That could come. That could definitely come across as an attack if you're a black man, especially if you've never exhibited any anti-black women traits, um, actions, thoughts at all. So you automatically, that's seen as an attack. So you're on the defensive, which is natural. When people attack, you defend, and when people defend, you attack, blah, blah, blah. And then, obviously, because you come back on, on a defensive um, stance, the woman who posed the initial um, statement will think, see, you don't even get us. You're not even trying to understand. And then the, the fellow who responded backwards will be like, see, you're crazy. What are you talking about? You're forcing it. And in these um, altercations, because they're not really conversational, more like altercations, nothing, in my opinion, is being achieved, depending on what you fight for. So, what you fight for. If you're fighting, and when I say fighting, I mean Lucy, I'm not actually mean like physical fighting or how you expressed your feelings towards a social issue. If the agenda is to show your frustration, your anger, your displeasure, then really and truly, you can say whatever you want to say, how you want to say it, because all, all you want to do is just exhibit your frustration, which is fine, which I'm not, um, de- um, what's it called, demonizing anybody for, which is quite normal. Because as a, as a person, I have certain things that, I get mad angry about. Like when I see um, young black boys being murdered by one another, that's that's something that generally riles me up. Or even though I'm a black Nigerian, born a Nigerian, living in London, Christian, when I see debates about people who want um, to remove the right from Muslim women to wear um, burqas, niqabs, um, I can't correct, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that generally riles me up as well. So I, I, I can see I can see that angle. However, if your goal is to help the other side turn to your methodology of thinking, maybe not turn, but you know, align with your methodology of thinking because you're trying to make a change in society, which I believe the vast majority of people are, the way you deliver your message is pivotal. And let me speak, speak a bit further. If you have an English teacher, no, no, a Spanish teacher, what what is the, the goal of the Spanish teacher? His or her goal is to teach the class Spanish. So they may do it in a, in a variety of methods. They may, they may realise, okay, 30% of my class learn better by visuals, so I'm going to show visuals. Another 30% of the class learn better by just me speaking, so I'm going to do that as well. And the remaining 60% learn better by doing practical activities. That is an efficient methodology of teaching the class Spanish because he or she has identified that different people learn and take information in different ways. And her or his job is not to be like, oh, you should know this. Spanish is so great. You should know this. Which could be a very valid point. Same way, a feminist may believe, hold on, in this, let's say, for example, in, um, in terms of hiring attitudes towards pregnant women, they should have the same prospects as a, a single woman, I mean, not um, non-pregnant woman, 
or a, or a man, which is of course is fair. Like you naturally, you would want people to have that um, ideology, but unfortunately in life, not all of us have the same ideology for right or wrong reasons. So if you want to align somebody with your ideology, you're going to have to break it down to them in a method that they can absorb. Those who've been following dysonomics always know that I, I always champion incentive. Human beings follow incentive. If you want to influence behaviour, you influence incentive. For example, a lot of us probably don't want to wake up early and want to go to work. However, because of bills, <laughs> holidays, uh, clothes we like, food, whatever, we go to work. That is the incentive. That incentive of mon- that monetary incentive gets us doing things that sometimes we don't even want to do because of the incentive. So that's, that's something that I really want us to bear in mind because a, a lot of us have noble issues at heart. Black Lives Matter, as I said, feminism, whatever um, faith that you're coming from. Even me, my one is trying to teach people economics. I have to do it in a method that I believe they are willing to accept and take in and understand. There's no point me shouting from the high tops, oh my God, this is economics matters for everybody. You should know this. Yeah, that might break through to one person out of 10. What about the other nine? You see what I'm saying? Like, and if I take it to, let's say, the the more the ones that we could all kind of, um, you know, relate to, if we look at more like the, the women's rights movements and the racial movements, yes, when we see uh, people who say derogatory stuff or make derogatory actions, we want retribution because in the Western world is outlawed in the working environment, in sports environments, in the educational environments, even in is even implemented in our laws that racism and sexism is wrong. So we know it's a rule of thumb that's against the laws of the land. So people who break the laws should duly get punished. I agree with this. However, even if, even if you link it back to the prison sector, retribution without reformation leads to reoffending. You have to reform because obviously these people are not aligned with what society wants them to behave like. So just punishing them may not be enough. You still have to reform them and try to retrain, no, not retrain, reteach, I prefer to teach them and train, teach them into how to fall in line with the laws of the land. And same thing, I believe, with race issues, um, gender issues. I think, like, just trying to get people, you know, okay, somebody says something racist or say something um, sexist, yeah, drag them. Yeah, they may look cool. Like, you may have fun. 500 people are insulting this person. This That person may feel bad. They may not feel bad or they deactivate or they get in trouble with the university or workplace. Cool. Yes, they've been punished for their stupidity, which I understand. Then what? Why is, like... They may not voice it out again. They may do. They may just be a bit more careful where they voice it so they don't get caught or it's not as traceable. That, that might even make them double down even more on their toxic methodology of thinking. So just to make it clear, I'm not against retribution. I also want reformation as well because that's what matters. We have to be efficient. If your goal is to help solve the plight of black people, um, Muslim people, men's rights with, like, let's say, with childcare, um, women's rights, wherever it may be, or you're just an economics teacher trying to teach your kids economics, 
you're, you have to think about results. Results are imperative because you're angry at the current level. You want to amend that current level to a level that's suitable to you. So how you deliver information, it is so important. And I try to tell this to so many people. And I've seen some people say, for example, with the, with, the racial, with the racial issues, I'm sorry, I'm not here to appease a white person. I'm not trying to make, make them feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah, I understand your, um, understand your point. But at the end of the day, if you want that quote-unquote white person to be on the same wavelength as you, you're going to have to deliver it in a manner that, that they can understand and it's easy for them to accept. To me, this is common sense. It's common sense. We, you want things to work, so do things that will lead to results. Don't do things that make you feel better. And, okay, before, let me even take that back. Because I don't feel, believe everybody who's quite passionate do things just to make themselves feel better. I feel like maybe sometimes these issues hit hard so much that we're so passionate about it, we're so angry, so frustrated, that this translates in how we um, emit this information from ourselves. And I, and I can tell you, I've been there as well. Sometimes I've, you know when you're just so frustrated about how things are going on, you let your frustrating, your frustrating, your frustration show and actually control the narrative of what you're saying. But we have to, but in my opinion, we have to make sure it, it's controlled because at the end of the day, our message has to be on point. So a point where there's no denying, okay, let me give you an example. A man, 28-year-old Yasser Yaqib, quote-unquote uh, drug dealer, alleged drug dealer in Bradford was shot dead by armed police. They surrounded his car and they shot him, I think, three times in the chest. Apparently, he was armed, but the, the gun was found in the car. So the fact that the gun was found in the car means the gun was not on site, but they still shot him anyway. To me, this is point black murder from the police and it's quite similar to what a lot of black people have experienced in America. And I don't want that to ever creep in here. We've seen it happen with uh, Mark, du- Mark Duggan in Tottenham, North London, um, several years ago. And also, f- for you, for many that may not know, John, jo- John Charles de Mendes, I think he was of Brazilian descent, uh, anti-terror um, officers um, confused him with a possible terrorist suspect, and they shot him dead. And they tried to lie about it, say that they saw him running on CCTV, but he was actually walking. They just mistaken identity and they shot him dead. I don't want to see these type of things coming into the UK. There was even a survey about police. Asked, um, they want to ask police if they, if they want to be carrying tasers and guns. I think this is something that we need to start getting onto. That's, that's another story for another day. But this, the murder of this man, to me, like, it really got me because that's, that's on our own doorstep. Okay, I'm from London, but Bradford's in the UK. I don't think, and literally for three days, I was tweeting about this relentlessly. I was searching his name. People, like quite a lot of people saying, Goody deserves a drug dealer. I was literally doing wife and jihad with these people for three days. And I was angry and passionate about it. But I made sure that I stuck to the point and I was trying to explain why the shooting was wrong because it's not lawful. Police are trained to shoot to disarm unless it's in the case of terror, he was in terror. People who, um, who are drug offenders, there's already a punishment for that, and it's jail. It's not death by gun. So, and across these three days, a lot of people are passionate on the other side. But in the threads I was having of them going back and forth, 
I can see that I was turning people's opinions. Even though I was passionate angry about it, I tried to put it in method in, in, in a way in a manner that they will understand. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to transfer information. I'm not trying to out, be out here looking like, okay, I know everything. Yeah, that might boost my ego, but it doesn't do anything for the actual cause that I'm currently subscribed to. What are you fighting for? Are you fighting to show anger or are you fighting to make change? If you're fighting to make change, how you deliver your message is imperative. Yes, people should know better. Guess what? They don't know better. That is why you're fighting in the first place. So the thing like, oh, don't, why should we deliver the message? To me, that don't wash with me. I'm not trying to hear that because you're trying to convert somebody to your methodology of thinking. Person X has been living in that manner for 20 years, 15 years, 16 years, 47 years. That's how they've, that's all they've ever known to think in a certain way. Whether it be, whether it be in a way where, okay, some men, let's say maybe some men or women don't believe patriarchy is wrong or some people don't think Black Lives Matter is over-exaggerated and it's, and it's meant all lives matter when they're really just missing the trick of the Black Lives Matter um, activity is basically about Black lives should equal should be should matter at the same parity as Latinos, Asian, and whites in the eyes of the authority. Of course, all lives matter. Of course, but obviously, people don't get that point. But if you're just coming at mentions, calling them trash, doing your memes, dragging, da, 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 yeah, all people like you maybe celebrating it. You not think you're doing bit? You're not doing bits. You're not doing nothing. All you're doing is venting your frustration. And having a laugh about it. You're not, do, you're not doing nothing. You're not spreading information at an efficient rate. Maybe Some people may, may understand from that. But as I said before, different people learn in different ways. I've learned a lot about the plight of black women in the UK. As a man and a black man, I can't, I can't see things exactly the same way my little sister will see things or my mother will see things or, or, my, or some of my closest friends will see things. Same way and vice versa. But when you have conversations, not altercations, conversations, and you come with, and then they're giving you information, that's what I've learned. So I started to learn how the media put down black women as aggressive when really black people were culturally different. So it's not aggressive. Aggression can only be measured in, in, in relation to, to another form of behavior. We just have a different. We have a different form of behavior, but it's seen as a down as as a negative, or how the media uses like things like hair and cosmetics, that type of stuff, to kind of downplay black women's beauty. That's things I've learned. And if the people who show me this came in a manner of you know jihad, basically, like yeah, you guys don't understand. You guys hate us. What am I learning from that? Because all I'm thinking, hold on, what the hell? Why do I hate black women? You see what I'm saying? Or same way, if I'm like, oh, black women are just aggressive, they don't listen to us men. What is a black woman going to do with that, with that information? Nothing. Or what's or what moment? Or if a feminist is telling me that as a man you've lived a privileged life all the way through, as a, as as a geezer, what what am I going to do with that information? Naturally, I'm thinking, hold on, as a man, you're more likely to be. You're more likely to uh, die in a workplace. You're more likely to be homeless. I think that 75% of homeless people are men. 
it's quite a similar percentage of of people of 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 men that commit suicide. We have a what's it called a a lower life expectancy. This is is a different struggle because we're different in genders. You see what I'm saying? So I'm thinking, hold on, what the hell are you talking about? That doesn't sound like privilege to me. But if you articulate, say, in another manner, you can say, oh, in the working environment, men tend to supersede women that have the same skills, experiences, blah, 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 and there's, a, and there's a gap between the wages, then that's something that somebody's learned, unless they really want to be a dickhead. And in that, in that instance, that's not on you. You've done your job. But that will still resonate with people, I'm telling you. People may not admit that they've learned something from you, but if your argument is coherent with points, they will know. They could be arrogant about it and stubborn, but they will still know. And you've done your job as a, as a person that has subscribed to that cause. That's why I don't subscribe myself to any cause. The only one I subscribe to is Christianity and the stopping of violence amongst um, amongst um, the kids in the streets. Those are the only cause. I don't subscribe to Black Lives Matter, even though I agree with the ideology. I don't subscribe to feminism, even though I agree with the ideology. Like, I went to a feminist talk two weeks ago at LSE. I wrote a post on why I think companies should be more generous with the maternity um, with maternity scheme so you could elevate uh, women's chances in the workplace, which I think would be good for the economy. Like, I believe in these things, just like other people, but I don't subscribe to the cause because, unfortunately, causes are associated with human beings' figureheads. I don't want no one speaking for me. I speak for myself. But you don't have to be like me. You can make the difference. You could say, I subscribe to Black Lives Matter, to anti, anti-Donald Trump, anti-xenophobia, to, you know, to feminism, to men's rights, whatever it may be. And you could be the difference by conducting yourself in a manner that can actually facilitate change. Because if you are not presenting your argument in a manner that the recipient can digest, the recipient will not digest what you said. They may even th- they may even double down on them being against your movement, and which which, which I can see with my own two eyes. Like I've seen guys on my social media platform that don't have anything against women at all, but they just don't like feminism because they've seen foolish argument after foolish argument after foolish argument, and the people who are making these arguments, their hearts are in the right place, but their minds aren't. Like, let me give you a quick example. Like, it was Formula One. So, Lewis, I think Lewis Hamilton won a Grand Prix. I think it might be the Malaysian Grand Prix. Please, I don't watch Formula One. Just let me, just let me know if I'm wrong. So, he spread, so, there's a picture of him spraying champagne. And these two pretty ladies, I think they were present, they're the ones who presented the award. Champagne was in their face. Obviously, they've got the look of shock and disgust. But that's one still image. So, like, I think, like, a, a big um, feminist um, writer from The Guardian and quite a few others with, like, 50,000 followers were all, like, lambasting Lewis Hamilton on a mad one. Formula One fans, so those who watch Formula One, who may or may not have a clue or interest in any sort of social justice, social issue, are looking at this because, hold on, are these people stupid? Because for those I've ever seen Formula One, when, on the podium, the winner sprays champagne, on everybody, so that's the that's the other the other the first, second, third place people all get sprayed champagne. Whoever's on that podium, women, male get sprayed champagne. And the people and the women presenting these um, awards, they know this as well. So, some of you drop the video, 
from the, where the woman got the picture from and the ladies were laughing and smiling because that is the tradition of Formula One. So all these Formula One fans are in this woman's messages just peppering it, just just on their keyboards, just active, just doing the most, saying, are you stupid? Like 40% of women are in this big job in, in Formula One teams, like this is part and parcel, even the men get sprayed, what are you talking about? And that's just because this lady, um, the ladies involved, weren't aware of the context of Formula One. Because they weren't aware of the context of Formula One, they made a false claim and they and they attached their subscription to it, which is obviously the, the feminist movement. All those people seeing that, they're thinking, hold on, this is dumb. And if you haven't and if you've got limited exposure to feminism, and that's what you see, what are you gonna think about the feminist movement? You're gonna think that these people are a bit crazy, they're doing too much, they're forcing discrimination. And you're going to double down. And I think some of us just need to make sure that when we're going to accuse somebody of acting against our cause, we have to know the context. Quite a lot of people, uh, I see them in jest talk about objectivity. Objectivity prevents stupidity. I've seen people talk about how in last year's NBA NBA conference finals that Aisha Curry is getting airtime because she's a light-skinned woman, it shows. I was like, hold on. In, a, in America, only the superstars get airtime in interviews. And in, that, in, in the NBA conference finals, there's four superstars. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry. While LeBron James, his wife and kids have been plastered all over American media for 10 years. And they're dark-skinned. So you're wrong on that count. Two, Russell Westbrook also has, I think, I think he's, um, he's, he's white. Yeah, his wife is just a normal, a normal black lady, but he never brings her to games. That's the team I support. I watch all 82 games every season. I can't remember the time I've seen her there. He keeps his family away from the spotlight, period. So he's not going to be about. Kevin Durant, who's also a former member of my team, where he did, he actually broke up with his fiance, so he was currently single. And even, I didn't even know he had a fiance until recently because he never brought it to games either. And the irony, the irony about that is that his mother, Wanda Durant, a middle-aged, dark-skinned black lady, is all over... T- she, had a, she has a movie on CBS. So that was wild. So us NBA fans are looking at it thinking, hold on, what are you not talking about? You're just waffling. And that is a problem. What are you fighting for? Are you fighting to follow others? Because I feel like some, maybe some of us are doing that in a tribalistic manner. And that's why we're not doing our Googles. We're not doing our research. Are we just talking for talking sake? Are you fighting to show frustration? If you are cool, I don't blame you. Do your thing. But if you're fighting and you're tweeting, you're protesting, you're writing blogs, you're doing podcasts, whatever you're doing to help convert people from, your, from their mindset, which has been in their way of life, to yours, which is difficult to do, you have to consider how they're willing to take in information. If you don't, you're effing up. Nothing more, nothing less. So yeah, that's a quick freestyle. Even write notes. But yeah, let me know what you think. Like hit me up on my on my Twitter is uh, No, That's a lie. That's my website. My Twitter is Twitter at Dysonomics. Same for my Insta. For those listening on iTunes, thank you. Please 
Subscribe. Please rate on iTunes. Give it five stars because you know what to do. Five stars. What's a bird, man? For those who are listening on SoundCloud, just please hit follow and just repost. And if you disagree, agree, whatever, just let me know. Or if you've got any economics questions you'd like to ask, if you're a student, I've helped so many students with the essays or whatnot, just email me at dissonomics at gmail.com. But yeah, thanks for listening. Have a fantastic week. I'm going to keep these podcasts coming once a week. Inshallah, outshallah, mashallah, all inshallah. Chain round my neck okay. and rolling on my wrist. I'm strolling through the man alive. Doggy, I'm the shit. Yo, girlies know I'm doing good. And so they want the wood, especially since. Sports Social Podcast Network.